You are blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. Amen. You are. So praise God. I want to share another piece of word uh, with you tonight off of uh, Sunday's uh, message. You know, I had, what, six points Sunday's message, and then uh, I've got seven more now. So this is kind of like influence two is what I'm calling it. Um, but I want you to go to Psalms 37. Get your Bibles out. Go to Psalms 37, verse 3. Now, let me tell you before, let me tell you two things before I get going here. One is next Wednesday night, we will not be having service here. There will be a live broadcast going on, but we won't have a service right before Thanksgiving. And so I know y'all are going to be home making turkeys and things like that. So you'll just have to watch it at home. We'll be running. We'll still be on the broadcast, but it won't be live service here. The second thing is, and, and y'all have to just help me out here. Um, uh, I'm, I'm toying with and playing around with a, there's a app for your phone called Telegram. And, uh, I am, I've got, if you go and you download the app, Telegram app to your phone, it's a simple thing, it's free, and then you go into search and you search the waterhole, I have a feed coming up. And so what I'm trying to do is find some, some source, some way that I can send out a, a scripture in the morning, I can send out a prayer, I can do something and I can just keep in contact, but yet I don't have a big influx. It doesn't, it's, a, it's, a, it's an app that doesn't allow, it's not like Facebook at all. I can just put stuff out. You can give me a little thumbs up if you liked it and listen to it. I'm gonna, try, I'm gonna start doing some videos. I actually, if you go to it, I actually put a video on there, but I was, <laughs> I was experimenting on how you do it, and I just found an old video I had of the plan years ago, and I said, can I do this? And it went up, and I was like, hey, cool. So I just left it on there. And, uh, and so I, I've just done some stuff like that, but I wanna start doing it, try to work on it, and so you may wanna get that telegram and just search the water hole, boom, it'll pop up. You can follow the feed, amen? Okay, Psalms 37.3 is where I want to start. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as a noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, do not fret, it only causes harm. Okay, so this whole series, and I've just heard so much feedback on it about, about uh, you know, everybody saying, man, what are you at my house? Just listening to what was going on in my life. You know, what are you in my head? You know, and I was like, no, it's just the truth right now in this day and this time. I really believe there's huge amounts of demonic forces loosed on the face of the earth more than ever before. I believe there's there's demonic forces every day, whether you realize it or not, trying to influence you to just not serve God, to get discouraged, to get in despair. Um, 
You know, there's things of fear, a spirit of fear going over the land that just every time you turn around, there's one more disaster, one more problem, one more thing uh, that's going on. And so so this influence was to come into our life and this influence is demonic. Okay, it can be godly. You can have a godly influence coming in your life. The word of the Holy Spirit speaking to you, the word, the living word of God speaking to you, this Psalms. uh, you know, the Psalms the leaping off the page and speaking to you, your friends speaking godly word to you, your preachers, if they're preaching the truth, you know, can be speaking influence and, and influencing you that way. But if you let yourself just go with what the world's got, it's going to influence you into a place of worry and fear and stress and anxiety and doubt and unbelief and everything that comes from the pit of hell. So if you're going through a problem in life, going through a trial in life, well, then the devil's going to jump on that bandwagon. Man, he's going to sit there and yakety, 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 yak at you all the time, trying to influence you to go a direction. Okay. And so I gave you I'm not going to go over Sunday's message, but I gave you some points about how you can how you can position yourself. But when I when when the Lord began to show me this, I just kind of started laughing because it's really pretty simple. It's really self-explanatory. I could just say Right there, read Psalms 3, I mean, Psalms 37, 3 again, and God bless y'all, let's go home. But I'm going to expound on it here for a little bit. Because the first thing it said there in verse 3, he says, trust in the Lord and do and keep doing good. Do you realize, listen to me, when the enemy's speaking to you, a way to know if you're being influenced demonically is you don't want to do good. Think about that. When you're being demonically influenced, you don't want to. You're, you you're, you're don't want to go work out. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to exercise. You don't want to read your Bible. The devil's never going to come to you and say, man, hurry up, get up this morning and read. Read, you need to read more word today. No, it's always, you've got to hurry up and go. You need to go out there and get going because everything's going to take place and you need to get going and going and going. Hello, am I right? And so what's what happens is the demonic influence and it's trying to keep you from doing good. Okay, take it to another level. You, you, you need to call so-and-so and encourage them today. Oh, well, I don't know if they, you know, if they really got the right, you know, word. I don't know if I should call them. I don't know if I should, you know, go over to the house and, you know, do that or, or, or bake cookies for them or, or send them a card or, you know, I, I don't know. No, it's the enemy trying to keep you from doing good. So if you trust in the Lord, everybody say trust in the Lord. Man, that's the essence. Trust in the Lord. And then what happened? Just keep doing good. It begins to stop the voice of that influence coming to you. You you set you drop a door right there on it that it can't get through because you're like, don't I've said this before. Don't bother me right now. I'm busy. Don't come tell me. Oh, you got to hurry up. Go do that. No, I'm busy. I'm reading the word right now. I don't have time to deal with you. I I think when you do that, the, the enemy just is like, what? What, what, what do you mean? I, 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 I've always had your ear. Not anymore. I've learned. And I've learned the truth. And I don't talk to you anymore. Matter of fact, be quiet now because you're, 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 you know, I don't, want, I don't even want to have to discuss it with you. Get. And just keep going forward and doing good. Amen. Then the second one is. He said here. Um, Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Okay. The second one is, is listen to me, church. You have to stand your ground. Not yield, not give in, not 
finally get worn down and give in to it. No, you have to stand your ground. And I, I believe that Christians, we're, we're faced with, with things coming up right now that, I mean, you know, before long, you're going uh, to have to really stand your ground, you know. And there's going to be all kinds of temptations to not stand your ground, to walk away, to be quiet, to be silenced. But this is the time where we need to be louder than we've ever been. And we say, need to just tell people, say, no, that is wrong. This is what the word of God says. This is not my opinion. This is the Bible. If you want to argue with somebody, argue with Jesus. And that's the end of it. I'm just his servant. I just do what he says to do. And here's the word. So, I, I mean, don't get mad at me, you know. Don't get mad at me. Here's the number one selling book that has ever been on the face of the earth. And so uh, I think it's right. So this is what I'm going with. All right. So you stand your ground. But then he said, feed on his faithfulness, not your faithfulness, but his faithfulness. I mean, do you realize when you start to think about God's faithfulness, how faithful is God? God is so faithful. He says, if I promised you. And I swore to myself that I have to keep that promise, that I will cease to exist if that promise doesn't come to pass in your life. That's the fact. Okay. If we walk in that promise, that's something totally different because we can get sidetracked. We can get off. We cannot participate in, in, in by faith and we cannot you know, receive whatever. But that is the fact that God's promise to you is true. And he would he would cease to exist if it didn't happen. And we have to learn to feed on his faithfulness. You know, I, I always tell you, you know, I'm, I'm up usually early in the morning and uh, and I watch the sunrise. And when I'm up and I, it's just like I can go along there and I love the scripture that says, you know, it's easier for the for, for you to break the covenant with the morning than it would for me to break the covenant with you. And so when that when it starts getting daylight, I'm just like, OK, Lord, there it is. It's coming up. I didn't I wouldn't doubt and I wouldn't sit with anticipation. Is it going to rise today? Is the sun going to come up? No, because it always has and it always will until God says it's his own lights enough and we don't need it. And that's in the when it's all over with. Amen. But my point is, is that you start to feed on his faithfulness. It strengthens you. It gives you that. You say, well, Lord, I thank you. People are flaky. People mess up. People do this and stuff like that. They're not faithful, but I'm not dependent on them. I'm dependent on you. And you feed on his faithfulness. But you have to stand your ground in order to feed on his faithfulness. The third one was here. He says, uh, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, we all want the desires of our heart, right? <clears throat> unless it's like Lord kill that person over there. I don't like them. You're not going to get that desire. But do you notice what he said? Delight yourself in the Lord. There are so many Christians that they do not delight themselves in the Lord. They serve God out of habit. They serve God out of ritual. They serve God out of, out of, uh, of fear of, uh, you know, it's not a delight. Right. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But you delight yourself in the Lord. How do you delight yourself in the Lord? Well, if you just back up and it says that, that you're feeding on his faithfulness and you begin to see God's faithfulness happening, God's faithfulness coming by, you, 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 feed, on, you, you feed on his faithfulness. And, and, and I don't know how many of you journal. I don't know how many of y'all, when miracles happen in your life, you write those things down. But you should. Because when you want to really want to delight yourself in the Lord, you go back on what God's done for you. 
And you begin to look at it and you begin to praise him and you begin to think, thank you, God, man, you delivered me from that mess. Thank you, Lord, that you set me free from this. Thank you, Lord God, that that this right here, you've moved in their life. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing. And that's how you start delighting yourself in the Lord. And then what does he say he does? He brings whatever desire you have, to, it, it comes to pass. So while you're busy praising God, delighting in him, he's over there working to bring the desires of your life to pass. I was laughing. I was talking to Sister Annie here last week, and she was telling me this story, and we got off in something. Oh, they're putting in a new parking lot, and she was talking about the new front of the church. And I said, man, I don't even know if I've ever been to the front. I've always come to the back for 25, 30 years. I've just come to the back of the door. I didn't even know there was a front. I said, is there an entrance? And she said, oh, there's a beautiful entrance. And I said, good gosh. Next time I'm down there, driving there. She said, yeah, it's a beautiful entrance. And uh, we have these 300-year-old doors there. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, there's these 300-year-old wooden doors, big gate entrances. And he said, we're going we're gonna to make a parking lot, a new parking lot, and, and that people can come there. And I said, man, I can't believe you got something that awesome. I've never seen it in all these years. I never drove to the front. I've always drove to the back. Didn't even know there was a front of the house. And she said, oh, yeah, I never told you the story. She said, yeah, I was in San Miguel de Allende down in Mexico, and, there, and I walked over this this." this market and I looked and there was these beautiful doors, these huge, big, giant wooden doors. And I began to talk to them. They said, yeah, they're 300 year old doors. And she looked at them. She went on and said, oh, Lord, I love these doors. I w- they would be great for the front entrance of our, our uh, building there, our church. But she said, Lord, I'm in a car. I mean, I can't get these. They're huge. <laughs> I'm going to get these cars, these doors home on the car. I can't get them on the car. So she said, oh, Lord, I just hate it. And I'm not that I, you know, I, I really want them. And so they left and she prayed about it a little bit more. And so a couple of months go by and she's in driving down through the streets in McAllen and she's looking for garage sales. Just looking for garage sales. And there's a garage sale. She said, oh, look, there's a garage sale right there. So they go over to the garage sale and they get out and they walk around and they're looking. And then she walks around the corner of the building and she looks and there the doors are. And she's just looking at them and she's just floored. And she asked the lady, she said, where, where did you get these doors? Oh, we got them from San Miguel de Allende. They're 300-year-old doors. <laughs> and Annie said, I know they're mine. Jesus got them here from <laughs> through you to get them to me. And there was her doors, and she bought the doors, and that's what on there. Well, that's a testimony, right? Well, when you delight yourself in the Lord, then he brings you the desires. She delights herself in the Lord, and he brings to pass the desires. Those are the cool things in life, right? And so when you start to learn that delight, because there is no person who delights himself in the Lord that I know more than Sister Annie. She delights herself in the Lord. Okay, And so when you learn to be like that, well, then listen, it stops that voice of influence because God's so busy blessing you and bringing up your desires. You don't want to stop listening to him and take time to listen to the enemy. All right. Okay. so the next thing was. Where am I? Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Okay, he says, commit your life to the Lord. Trust in him and let him bring it to pass. Commit your life to the Lord. Man, folks, listen to me. Is your life committed? Or is it fair? Are you a fair weather Christian? Are you a Christian that's only going to go and you're only going to serve God when things are easy and everything's going your way? Or are you going to serve God when it doesn't make any difference what it looks like? 
when it maybe even looks like you, you, the, the enemy's telling you that God's been unfaithful? Are you still going to commit your works? Lord said, no, this is what I believe. Listen to me. I'm not going to quit serving Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus saved me, delivered me, set me free. He, he, he rescued me in the, in the worst time of my life. He put my family together. He kept our marriage together. And I want to serve Jesus all the days of my life. I don't care what they say. I don't care if they say I can't go buy and sell food, buy food or sell food because, you know, they've got the mark of the beast out there. And I said, well, I ain't denying my Jesus, man. He's delivered me forever. I'm not going to do it. I don't even have worry about that. Matter of fact, I'm ready to see it happen because I just want to say, yeah, right. OK, but your life has to be committed to Jesus. I'm sold out. I got nowhere else to go. I got no other. There is no other God. There's only one God, and I'm not, I don't have, there's no other things to serve. I'm not going to go out there and do anything except serve the Lord. Amen. So then what happens when you get to that place where he said, trust in him and let him, if you see that, let him bring it to pass. Not you. You're not the one that's going to make it happen. It's him. But usually we get in the way. He can't even get something done because we're in the way trying to make it happen because this is the way we see it. This is the way it should be done. And so we're in the middle of it. And if God wanted to move the furniture, he can't because you're in the way. God said, I, I need to. OK, OK, I'll slide the desk over here. I'll get it in this corner where you want it. And you're over there jerking. <laughs> and he said, I can move it, but I can't I'll kill you if I do. Would you let me do it? Would you quit? Would you quit trying to make it happen? Would you quit trying to pray it in and, you know, whatever and and just let me make it happen? Just commit your life into the Lord. Commit your life to me. Trust in me that I'm going to make it happen and then let me make it happen. All right. OK, so then he says something that's really kind of odd, I think. He says, uh, he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Okay, bringing forth your righteousness. There's only one righteousness. There's only one righteousness. That righteousness is, is you covered in the blood of Jesus. That's the only way you're ever going to be righteous. But do you realize what he says? And bringing forth your righteousness. In other words, what he's saying that you begin to put on the robe of righteousness and you really begin to understand who you are in Christ. And who he's called you to be. And you're not standing on your own feet trying to fight the devil, the influence that's coming to you. You're standing there in your robe of righteousness saying, no, I'm a child of God. I'm born again. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to talk to your trash. You, you, don't, have, you don't have any place in my kingdom. Because it's not what you do. It's what Jesus did. Right? It's not what you do. It's what Jesus did that makes you righteous. So you're not standing there in your robe that you wove. You're standing there in the, ro the robe that Jesus bled for. Right? And you've got it put on. So then you're just saying, I oh, shut up. Look at the robe. Check the blood. Okay. Here's one that's really tough for us. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Yeah, we don't want to rest in the Lord. And we definitely don't want to wait for anything. Hello? So what, what causes us, what causes us in life to have that, that where we start listening to the voice of anxiety and the voice that's coming into us like that is when we will not stop and just rest and say, Lord, I'm resting in you. 
Now, there's the rest where you go on a vacation. But you don't go on a vacation from Jesus. Right. There's a rest that you take where you separate yourself from work and 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 duties and responsibilities. And you pull yourself back and you you take time and you check out of that. But you don't ever check out with Jesus. Right. And you rest in again, his faithfulness. You rest in who he is. You spend time enlarging yourself in the presence of the Lord. And that brings rest to your body, rest to your soul. Right. You need them both. And then the patience. You know, there's two words in the in the Bible for patience. One of them means uh, like you're sitting there waiting and simply put. And the other one means that you're enduring. And it doesn't mean enduring like you're taking it, like you're just taking your licks and still standing. It means that you're pressing forward to go on. Right. And so forget about patience being that thing where you're sitting there not doing anything and start thinking about patience is where you're continuing to press into the Lord. Because as you rest in him and press into him, then you're going to find that place where worry's not a part of your life. All right. Now, the last part of this, uh, these verses He says, do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Well, if you notice this, when he says cease from anger and forsake wrath, do not fret or don't worry. It only causes harm. What he's saying here in this last is, look, don't slip and start listening to the influence and trying to do it by the flesh. Because when you start talking about anger and and wrath and all this stuff, you're talking about the flesh. All right. And what the influence is trying to get you to do is get in the flesh, because if you're in the flesh, you're exactly the opposite of what you're supposed to be is in the spirit. Okay, so he's got these these seven little points right here, right here in these these um, three through eight verses just to show us to say, hey, look, you know, imagine this is a song. It is a song, but I'm saying imagine it's a song. It's a psalm, but it's a song. And imagine this is what you're singing all the time. I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm doing good. I'm dwelling in the land, feeding on his faithfulness. I delight in you, Lord. and You're going to give me the desires of my heart. Right. And so what I'm saying to you is this is what he's wanting us to meditate on. This is what he's wanting to look at. This is what. So you need to take Psalms 37. You need it's another one of those fridge posters that you put up and you keep looking at it and seeing where you are. And as you begin to to get this down and hone down in your life, again, you shut the voice of that demonic influence coming into your life and that yakety yak from the enemy. And then all of a sudden, man, you're finding yourself resting and pressing into the Lord and seeing the desires of your life coming to pass. And oh, man, all the goodness of God feeding on his faithfulness. Amen. Amen. But you got to do it. Everybody say, I'm going to do it. Okay, look at the person beside you and say, just do it. Steal from the Nike. Or actually, Nike stole from the Bible, but anyway. Amen? And so I just want to encourage you, all everybody out there watching, listen, listen to me. I just want to encourage you, don't let the enemy get a hold of you. Stand up, stand your ground, fight. 
Get the word of God in your life. Get it flowing in your life and you're going to see victory. God is a faithful God. He will bless you. If you're out there and you're listening, you don't even really know what I'm talking about. You don't have a relationship with God. Well, listen to me. Jesus is his name. And all he says, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart in him as the Lord and Savior, that he died on the cross for you, that he arose on the third day for you. And that if you would ask him to come in his life, he would touch you because he said he's not going to turn anybody away. Anybody that comes to him will never be ashamed. And so all you have to do is call out to Jesus and say, Lord, come into my life. I want I want I want to understand. I want to walk in these things. I want to be with you. And he'll touch you right where you're at. So church, stand up here and I, let me just bless you tonight. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus name that, Lord, we are blessed people. And Lord, I declare that as people give and as they sow and as they uh, invest in the ministry, I just declare, Lord, that they are blessed. That every hand, everybody puts their hands to it, prospers everything they're doing, their businesses, their lives, their everything, Lord God. Any way that they can prosper, I thank you that you prosper in this time. And Lord, I just declare a blessing upon us. I declare the enemy is defeated. I declare God is on the throne of their lives. And I declare, Lord God, they're going to be influenced by the Holy Ghost, not the devil. And Lord, I praise you for that. Bless them exceedingly abundantly. Lord, let us reach people, more people for you. To tell them the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I give you praise for it in Jesus mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.